You're listening to a podcast from the Media Motel. Coming up this week in episode 590, Girls 5 Ever, the Coronation Playlist, Basil Fawlty makes a comeback, the Pink Floyd Civil War continues, and farewell to Burt Bacharach. That's all coming up after Sam Brown and Kissing Gate. I'm a big fan of Sam Brown. It's mm. awful that for the last 10 years, she's been unable to sing live due yes. to issues with her vocal cords. Yes. I mean, but this is a reminder of better time, better times for her. This is from her second album, April Moon. As a single, it reached number 23 in the UK in 1990. Sam Brown and Kissing Gate. 
And you know, it's really nice to hear a Sam Brown song that is not stop as well, as good as that is, because that was the one that was constantly played. <laughs> yes, agree with you. Awful that she can't sing anymore. I had the, I've seen her live. She used to sing. Have you? She sang with Jules Holland's orchestra. She was one what? of the singers. And I saw them at the White Rock in Hastings in about 2001, I think, when they were touring Wag the Hop. And she came on in this electric blue full-length <laughs> coat, and she was just outstanding. I oh, mean, that's good to know. I wondered so, if she was as good so, live. So, yeah. I mean, she was so incredible. And I am just so sad because she had mm. such a wonderful voice. And I remember when I was at university, I think when she was still, when she was still singing, she went on when Jonathan Ross had his um, Saturday morning programme on Radio 2. Mm. She went on that as a guest once. And she was an absolute delight talking about mm. her father joe brown mm. and she was just really i liked her so much so i'm it's lovely to celebrate sam brown i'm really sorry that that her, yes. her sort of singing career has gone the way it has but yeah she was i mean she was genuinely electric live with the jules holland orchestra she has um a new album out this month and you might say oh, well wait a minute okay. you might say well how's how's that possible and what it is is so um really strange business i mean she's still got all the singing and vocal chord issues but they've used a very new apparently mm. i can't remember the name of it something like dominathon or something um a new form of um auto-tune and oh. it's so you can you know almost if you like huh. sing as waywardly as you like oh, and, right. uh, it, it fixes it and it's isn't uh, that interesting if it was most uh, other people i would be skeptical about that indeed, but part yes, of me thinks it's yes. all right if it's sam brown because it's such a tragedy that she that she wasn't able to sing so yeah. good for her good for them what a, what a bit of planning this must have been though because mm. um she's released eight albums yes and they spell out each one spells out the, the first lesson spells out Sam Brown. Oh, that's what a bit really of planning good. that must have been! That's absolutely fantastic. So, over you know like thirty odd years. Oh wow, so, that is that is hooray for Sam Brown. Can we adopt her? Could she be the official mascot <laughs> of the Parish Council podcast, please? I would like that. It goes stop April Moon forty three minutes minutes. Yeah. So, box reboot of the moment. Uh, Wednesday the something of April and the new one number eight. So oh great that's really cool I love that yeah that's that's planning welcome to parish council episode 590 I'm Terence Stackham and welcome to the vice president of the United States Carmel uh, uh, I got confused again it's not <laughs> Carla Harris. It's Juliet Harris. I would love to be her. That would she. You should be co-hosting this with her. She would be great at this. I think. I yeah, huge fan of her. Um, I'm sorry that you've got to settle for me this week. And indeed, every week on this, guys. But never mind. Good morning. Isn't it funny, actually, just talking about you, President, mm. Vice President of the yes. United States, for eight years, essentially. You have to just as soon as you're um, the election comes through and the president is the president, you're the vice president. You do very little mm. in public other than sit or stand behind the president, nodding yes. at the right time, yeah, exactly. saying nothing, not rocking the boat. And then after eight years of um, yes. essentially nodding and smiling, you then have to you generally then get the. You might have the, a run. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you, you might have might a run have... yourself. Yeah, and it's, it's that's exactly really what Kamala Harris is doing. You know, yes, you just exactly. only see her now sitting behind um, yes, President Biden, nodding, nodding and smiling. And it's such a pity because she's such, she's so talented. Yes. She's such an inspiring speaker. And and yeah, it is frustrating. I was having a long conversation with someone the other day about our shared love of Americast and sort of American politics mm. and Democrat politics in general. general. And 
her unpopularity in America really saddens me mm, because I don't so. see the reason for it beyond the obvious unpleasant reasons that have nothing to do with her ability and everything to do with her personal characteristics mm. and it's just frustrating that's all but yes anyway I, I unfortunately for a podcast me sitting and nodding along behind <laughs> president parents <laughs> is not, not gonna really going to work so I am going to have to say some things You're I'm sorry with so many uh, streaming services for television now it's so mm. easy for shows to pass us by they all these services they with fees of yes. 4 99 9 99 12 99 whatever and we can't subscribe to all of them of course peacock is a mm. streaming service owned by nbc and is what is described as an over-the-top media service in that it reaches <laughs> I was gonna say, is it very dramatic all yes the time? that's right punches you in the face uh, when you watch <laughs> it um it, it, it over the top uh, it reaches viewers through the internet only bypassing oh, regular tv right. that's okay. over the top so um no wonder particularly in the uk we missed yes. girls five ever mm. which was recently switched to netflix and they've commissioned a third season because right. they're so favouring it. Mm. Now, anyone who remembers Tina Fey from the best days, the glory days yes. of Saturday Night Live, and in particular the superb NBC sitcom 30 Rock, yes. will, on, on watching Girls Fire Ever, you notice the deft skills of Tina yes. Fey, not only in the writing and production, but mm. somewhat also in the character of Dawn, one of the members yes. of the reunited girl band around which the show is based. Jules, this pastiche of the Spice Girls is getting massively positive reviews. Is it five forever for you? I really liked this. I really, really liked this. I, I suspected that I would, because uh, partly because I'm of the age. So I remember all these girl bands, mm. not just the Spice Girls, but lots of them, particularly American ones as well, I think. Um, it was really good at... It just everything about it was just spot on, like the sort of lyrics and the characterization. And this lovely independent review says it kind of harks back to a time of we don't have many groups now, pop groups, in the sense that everybody gets a verse and like you've got mm. the sporty one. That is like Spice Girls, I suppose. You know, everyone's got their own persona, haven't they, and their character. I thought this was really well done. As you say, the, Tina Fey is just class, isn't she, as a writer? She's absolute class. And the thing that I really liked about this I found it far more emotional than I thought I would, actually, because on the surface, it is this brilliant kind of spoof of all that pop stuff. And I, I loved the character of the of the manager that had been on sensitivity training. So Larry her at the side mm. instead of, you know, and, and he was like, I air, I air honk now. He was I thought he was a very entertaining and well-written character. But um their manager with their royalty checks of $342 or whatever it was because nobody gets paid for a sample. I thought that was very well done. But sort of behind all the kind of comedy, that the, the knockout line for me was was Dawn's husband's dismissal of the Dalai Lama, who he didn't like because he lived in the Himalayas and wasn't into mountain biking. I mean, there were some really great lines. But behind it all was a bit of a sort of a poignancy of, you know, girls weren't yeah. five ever it turned out that one of them has died you know it was really it was I nearly cried at the end when they moved her bench to outside the outside oh, the yeah. restaurant it was really it was it was beautifully done this idea that and even the even Dawn who played by the excellent Sarah Bray's who was um who was sort of on the surface the the calmest and the coolest and like the least sort of bothered even she had to admit at the end that she wanted to be a person again that she that you know that she that that she needed it and 
and you know, the idea that you know they were all young and 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 trying to break sort of make the bonds back that they'd sort of that, that had fallen out of time I, I I did think it was rather lovely, actually, as well as being quite fun and quite knockabout. It certainly flew by. I didn't look at my watch during the half an hour. I thought it was it was very it was the first one that we watched, the first episode that we watched. There's an element of like establishing the sort exactly, of the story. Yeah. But despite that, I thought it was very well done. It was good to actually get Jimmy Fallon, I thought, on as like, <laughs> like you know, the, the, the presenter. And it was I, I, I will watch this. I will absolutely watch this. It was always going to be up my street, but I, I'm really interested to see how it develops. Because like all good like first episodes, you can sense that the dynamics are going to shift between them all, aren't they? That I mean, the idea that the the influencer that turned out to be a complete sham was was fantastic not least because of the picture with her and the Dalai Lama that turned out to be an old man dressed as a hot dog I mean I just thought this had such panache to it and such wit but it also had um, I think a lot of emotional depth at least I felt for me like it has maybe because I'm a woman of a similar age to them but it had a lot of emotional depth so I really liked Girls Five Ever I thought it was it was it was very likeable very funny and also quite moving in places as well and I'm delighted to see where it goes I mean some of the jokes were a little bit telegraphed but it didn't stop them from being funny so you (laughs) knew you knew Mm. from the from the minute that you saw one of them you know back in the day pouting to the camera and saying how much she loved boys you just knew she was going to be a lesbian in later life and she very (laughs) much was but yeah it still managed to be quite entertaining so yeah, I, I recommend this highly. It was very enjoyable. It was fun, but also also made me think, I think, as well. So that was great. There's, there's, there's some great touches uh, in this. Carson Daly interviews them mm. in full Spice Girls mode, and we yes. learn that they're called by their name because girls five ever last longer than girls <laughs> four ever. ever. And, and they um, are indeed. There will be three together, five ever. Exactly, yes. Yeah. Um, and um, it, it, it's uh, what I thought was really wonderful. He, he's um, interviewing them in, mm. in, in this sort of authentic pastiche of early Spice Girls mm. when the Spice Girls were really shouty and breathless. Oh, yes. And that, that was what was so entertaining about yeah. the Spice Girls. They, they clearly hadn't had media training, wouldn't no. take media training. But that was what was so refreshing about them. You genuinely never knew what was going to happen. And no. It must have been a headache to manage <laughs> but to do their PR. But as a, as a sort of an onlooker, it was great. that They, they were almost like the sex pistols of girl bands i would say i know that's, <laughs> that's a ridiculous so true, thing yeah. to say but you've got that um, kind of weirdly they got nearer to the anarchic spirit of punk and girls aloud did similarly it was the girl bands that were the, of that era that were the most interesting compared to the boy bands because it felt like the girl bands didn't really have anything any front to maintain or anything to lose I like their old manager giving Dawn a side hug yes. so that their body parts didn't touch because yes, he's exactly. recently been on some sensitivity training. Yes, yes that was training. it. I've been on sensitivity <laughs> training and he, he also he also you know he he when he used a a, a a swear word he then used the other gender swear word as well. There were yeah. so many touches about that, that were, <laughs> and it was I liked the fact yeah. that he was genuinely trying to embrace it as well. Yes. And the other point, sorry to cut across, but the other point mm. that I the other thing I really liked about this was all. Although there were sort of, you know, there were 
pratfalls in it and there were things that went wrong it was mostly I thought quite warm-hearted in that when they went on the tonight show I thought oh they're going to be awful and all that <laughs> kind of stuff and they were really good and yes. I liked the fact that that it started that it had a feel-good element that it wasn't like waiting for them to fail mm. it was like oh people and the woman at the airport and security that had really enjoyed watching them on tv mm. um it was it, I, I just really liked the idea that it could have been like oh they're awful and they've got to start from scratch and blah blah, blah. and actually they were I loved the fact that they went on tv and were good I, I, I like the characteristics we had summer who's clearly not yes. troubled by any form of intelligence whatsoever no but, but also uh, a ve- but also seemed delighted from the start that they oh, could yes. all be together again and that was what Absolutely. was so nice about it I thought it was you liked her despite the fact she was ridiculous and the, the the one you referred to, Wiki, who's been reduced yes. to taking up, she's taking up the, the one who's pretending was pretending to be an influencer, and it turns out she's got, got actually yes. got a job at the airport where she shoots geese that yes. stray onto the runway, Absolutely. and she's paid by the goose. By I, the I, goose. I thought that was so. That was, an that allegory was... there, but I'm not sure what it is. <laughs> um, the, the, the one thing that I wanted to ask you about, their old manager, Larry, he shows he hasn't quite taken on board the lessons learned on his awareness course because he tells guy, Girls Fly Forever their reunion won't work as, for ladies, 35 is checkout time, which is bad news for you, uh, I think there, George. I mean, to be honest, I was born at the age of 45, really, <laughs> so my whole life's been checkout time for me. Actually, I, I liked the fact that that was in, and I'd noticed that as well, I clocked that, and the thing was, was that you didn't, because his character was reasonably sympathetically drawn, I thought, mm. because he because he had genuinely, despite being a chaotic man, I was genuinely trying to take his sensitivity training on board. <laughs> I felt he was just saying it like it was and necessarily criticising them. I just felt that he was... It's it's true, isn't it? And I think it's only now, in the last maybe five years, that now, all of a sudden, you see actresses on TV and in things that you haven't seen for ages because it's all right. There are a lot... There are more... There's more... There's more of a place now in the media for women over 40. And that is... And that is... That's very refreshing, I think. So, actually, I thought it was good to have that in because it is still, to a large extent, true. I mean, you know, how... How many girl bands can you imagine still together? It was really, you know, Westlife and Take That have done sort of... Take That were, of course, when they made a comeback, nicknamed a man band instead of a boy band (laughs) because they were older. You know, what what would what what how would the Spice Girls be labelled? How would All Saints be labelled? How would that where will Little Mix be in ten years time? All that sort of thing. Indeed. Well Girls Five Ever, mm. yeah, the first two seasons now available on Netflix all around the world. Coming right up, the weirdness of the Coronation playlist and that Forty Towers reboot. That's next after Do Nothing. There is no help coming once you're outside of the circle All that's left after that is, hey there genius, how you doing? I was halfway back to my house before the film was even done Saying, hey, I made that mountain and now it's swallowing me up The results are in and it looks like everybody gets a big old slice of nothing Everything was cool, I have no idea how it happened How about you melt into the
than dumb Like if this is the answer then what is the question Then I'll fantastic Here come the secret police again Would you buy a guitar off these men Would you pay good money for a dinner with LeBron James It's a shame to break up your holiday like this It seems kind of fishy to me But the monorail is king If you live to be home by now been very fond of this song anyway and i think i might have picked this several years ago when it originally came out but it's got I, the thing i love about this is that the the, the backing that's not backing but the sort of the band are so good it's such a sort of tight groove and then you've got this really surreal spoken word kind of thing over the top which i i really like and of course i've had this song in my head a week after the broken record in the in the united states basketball by the subject well i say the subject He's mentioned once in this song. It's not particularly mm, yeah. about him, but nonetheless, LeBron James by Do Nothing. I, it was an amazing moment in the week when LeBron James broke mm. the NBA all-time points record. And I don't know if you saw the really amazing photograph of the moment. 90% yes. of people in the arena watched taping, the moment through yeah. a camera phone. Yeah, um, I know. Taking photos. Um, you know, there was, from the photo I saw, there was there's this elderly chap in the front row who turns out to be, mm. I think, the owner or one of the owners of the LA Lakers. Um, but it was an astonishing photo of an amazing moment. That And what a reflection on our era. Yeah, that absolutely. you saw uh, Le- LeBron James in midair, um, you know, yes. um, shooting his record points, record scoring. Uh, and hardly point. anybody was watching it. Nobody was watching it. it no. They were all looking at their yeah. phones. I mean, is, isn't, that, isn't that odd? I mean, so, so when I've been to sporting events, particularly watching the Lionesses play last summer, 
I <laughs> I took pictures of I took a photograph of the celebration after one of the goals mm. and then I posted it on social media because I managed to find I did that thing that people sometimes do you might do this having gone to watch a sporting event I often then watch it back at home to try and see the things mm. that I missed particularly I think it was it, the England Norway match the 8-0 match mm. um we were sat at one end we were sat in the north stand I think or no we were in the south stand for that one I think at, at the Amex in Brighton and Hove and so you, if you sit at one end, I think you miss certain things. Mm. And I, when I watched it back, when I watched it back, I realised how close the game came to swinging. Because when England were two 0 up, Norway had a really good chance at the England end that they didn't convert, and we hadn't quite, and we hadn't quite taken that in. I think on on the evening, and looking back on it, had Norway scored that, it might have been very different. But when watching it, when they panned to the crowd after the goal, I could pick out me and my friends watching it. <laughs> so I then posted to, I, I managed to zoom in to see us, <laughs> and so I posted the photograph and the photographer. So uh. so, but that was enjoyable but yeah like you say I didn't I didn't take a photo of the goal as it was happening I took a picture of like the celebration artist I think Matthew Saeed the um, interesting writer that mm. we've spoken about before mm. Times writer former British table tennis Olympian yes. as well um this is very, yeah, very unusual. Um, we, um, yeah, we, we, we. Um, I heard him on today earlier in the week talking about that exact moment, and mm-hmm. he said how profoundly depressed it made him mm-hmm. in terms of people celebrating, you know, b- watching something through a screen. Really, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's very. It must be very, you know, if, if someone like LeBron James, he scores that moment. Must be absolutely, most, it's hard to, for us mere mortals yes, to imagine. To understand, like. yeah. And he, he looks, glances around the arena, and all you see instead of people smiling and happy, is just a sea of technology pointing yeah, at you. Exactly, it's a very it must strange be, affair. Must be very strange. Mm. Um, I've I've got nothing at all against Emily Sunday. You'll be pleased to hear. Oh, I'm yes, sure she'll good. be pleased to know as yes, well. Yes, I'm sure she'll be relieved. Yeah, I know very little about her other than she had a handful of hit singles a decade ago. I'm yes. sure she's lovely and all that. What I do know is that no national event, no royal occasion, no <laughs> gathering of any significance is allowed to proceed unless Emily Sunday is yes, involved. It's it might... weird. Me and my friends often have a debate. My quiz pals, you know, sort of what do you like on contemporary pop music? Music. And my pal David always refers to it. He said, I very much operate by the Emily Sande rule, which is he's like, if it happened before Emily Sande sang at the 2012 Olympics, I probably know it. If it happened afterwards, I probably don't. And I love the idea of that as like BC and AD or, or, or you know, or, or so CB and, and all that sort of thing. Um, CB and C. It's, it's very... Um, Yes. Yeah, BC and C. It's very, very, uh, very poignant, I think. So yes, the um, <laughs> the modern day equivalent of a new epoch. Um, <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> well, you know, it could be a charity single. It might be the the White House with President Obama, or as you say, the 2012 Olympic Games. You know, step forward, Emily Sande. So it was no surprise to find that track nine mm. of 27 of a peculiar playlist for King Charles's coronation. There's Emily. Yes, and always. This playlist published this week by the department department for culture media and sport is supposed to be for a soundtrack for street parties on the day of the coronation but mm. Jules this has just got the hands of civil servants all over yes. it it has. It's like someone's gone onto Wikipedia, Googled <laughs> the biggest selling British artist ever and gone, oh, OK, we better have Madness. Oh, we better have Kate Bush. Oh, we've got to have David Bowie, all that kind of stuff. It's there's very, very little I don't know. It doesn't seem to be very diverse. Was my first feeling of looking at it. 
Um, and also, and this is where I'm going to, I've I've tried to rehabilitate myself, Sati, to stop myself from mm. being a music snob and, you know, that sort of thing. And it, and this realised that I'd regressed several years when I looked at this. My view is, Sati, <laughs> if, if you cannot make a playlist for your own party, well, should you really be having a party in the first place? Because you clearly don't know how to party, do you? You don't know how to enjoy yourself if you can't make your own playlist. Why is someone else got to make a playlist for you. people always go oh can you make a playlist for my party it's like well i can but what do you like because all i'm gonna do is put a lot of stuff that you like on it and actually if you wanted just make a list of stuff you like and if you know what that is it's a playlist so so it's yeah I, I i'm bewildered by the idea that people have to have their own playlist in the same way that i'm bewildered when DJs overcomplicate things when they DJ at events. It's like everybody knows that lo- everybody really likes disco. Why not just play that? Is my view. So, so I found this. I found this very strange because it, it felt like, like you say, it'd been done by some sort of committee. <laughs> also, some of the choices themselves. It's like it's a party, and you go, okay, Tom Jones. Yeah, I like Tom Jones. Great voice, you know, really uplifting. He's done some great up-tempo numbers, like his version of Kiss with the Art of Noise. Mm. I'd have a dance to that. What Tom Jones song have they gone with? Green Green Grass at Home. I mean, it's not a exactly a get on the get on the tables, is it? Running up that hill by Kate Bush. Why would it not be Wuthering Heights? I don't understand. The Kinks. Oh yeah, you really got me. That's a banger. We could all dance to that. They pick Waterloo Sunset. So so it does seem a little bit. Here are some songs by British people, rather than you know, let's have a party. Um, yeah, I I I I kind of see what they where they were going with this, but it does feel even more drumming up enthusiasm than these things usually do i suppose i I, I suppose my one and only sensible question is the same as yours which is why i mean do the government (laughs) think people are so incredibly stupid that we now um have to endure a state-sponsored music playlist to accompany sausage rolls and ready salted crisps well it's true well having said that there are some people city that genuinely have no interest in music which mm -hmm. which which confuses me as much as people that say they're not political in terms of in terms of opting out of life frankly but uh yeah i find it very strange the choices as well as you say of particular tracks of course there was going to be the beatles but come together which is of course chosen for its title and yes. not its content again no, exactly. the civil service mentality oh yes let's bring together oh the beatles they they, they had a song yes. didn't they about coming together with you know obviously not looking i'm at only the surprised we didn't have all together now by the farm either really <laughs> on this i mean if uh, they wanted to pick a beatles song about coming together they could have picked all together now by the beatles that yes, would have been a much indeed. more interesting yeah and fun choice uh, of course ed sheeran and madness and queen as you say naturally the spice girls and, and of course take that gary barlow had to be shoehorned in with emily sanday he's the oh, male emily sanday for the in event. brackets sir close brackets yes. gary barlow which i swear will be an inevitability, inevitability one day i mean it's just that we have enough government interference in our lives you know, <laughs> to spare us from a committee of civil servants planting Michael Bublé and Ellie Gould. I was going to say, I mean, I have my know. limits. And Mickey Bubbles, as my friend yes. insists on calling him, is very much beyond them. Anyone compiling a list of ill-advised television comebacks wouldn't have to look <laughs> too far, really. In 2010, the BBC rebooted uh, 1971's Upstairs Downstairs to mm. what would generous, generously be um, called mixed reviews. Yes, indeed. Um, Although the people that were in it were very good, I thought. Ed Stoppard mm. and Keely Hawes are both great. It just didn't really work. 
In 2011, ABC revived Charlie's Angels. Yes. 13 episodes were filmed. Only four were aired due Not to disastrous ratings. Perhaps worst of the lot was the more recent attempt to revive Spitting Image. Poor mm. characterizations, dreadful scripts, dismal ratings cancelled. Now, this week we learn that John Cleese, who has in the in the 2020s renewed himself mm. as Mr. Anti-Woke. Yes. Um, he's intending to bring back 40 Towers and write the show with his daughter, Camilla, for, for whom I can't find any previous writing no. credits. So we can be sure she went through a thorough, rigorous selection process uh, before quite. securing that role. Jules, um. John Cleese seems often to be chasing dollars these days. Mm. How do you feel about 40 Towers 40 years on? Negatively, I think, is probably a fairly good summary of my feelings. Uh, uh, What I'm so sad about with this is that 40 Towers has always been held up, I think, as the example of how you can actually achieve TV perfection or perfection in an art. And that you can achieve perfection in art by stopping when you are good and that's always that's always what's so perfect about it and also uh, you talk about rigorous you know selection processes and rightly so i think to debunk that but um the original 12 episodes written by john cleese and his then wife connie booth who of course was in it as well and the i and and it it stops because they split up that was the end of 40 towers because they, they they weren't together anymore i yeah, and it was so perfect. The original 12 episodes, there are aspects in which perhaps it hasn't aged well. Having said that, <laughs> it was to put it mildly, and we have spoken on this podcast before yeah. about whether or not you can still show the Germans, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But um, I, it, it was genuine perfection. I am genuinely sad that John Cleese is reduced to trashing his own art. That he's he's got so he's got so deep into this jungle of just madness and nonsense that he can't see the wood for the trees anymore. I.e., that Forty Towers is probably his best work and. You know, it's one of I say his best work. It's one of the best Brit. It's one of the best sitcoms ever. Possibly one of the best TV programs ever in its day. And the idea that he now wants to rake over that ground. And also, there's an added poignancy of this to me, which is another reason why I wouldn't have gone near this personally. Is that it's being run by by father and daughter in the new thing, which of course means there's no Sybil. And of course, the reason why there's no Sybil is that Prisena Scales is really not very well is she i can't remember quite what it is it's some sort of dementia that's it and that those lovely programs with her and timothy west canal boating were, were, were gorgeous but also very sad in places as well but lovely and i just hate the fact that you know that there's a good reason why she can't be in this and they're going ahead anyway and i find that really quite upsetting actually that's that's the biggest sadness of this to me aside from you know why they're interfering with great art this is it's not going to be you just know as well that it's not going to be very good because john cleese has got such tunnel vision at the moment that the fact that he's doing it in the first place shows me that his judgment isn't great to put it mildly that he's increasing and this has happened to a lot of these people that are the quote-unquote anti-woke brigade because and you know we've talked in the past about whether or not it is good to cancel people whether or not people should be you know airing their be allowed to air their views etc but of course the reality is regardless of whether or not you think this is okay the mainstream media won't really touch John Cleese anymore partly because he's become really boring Sir T Mm. by going on about the same Mm. things all the time which means he is reduced to the ghettos of things like GB News which does not have a large audience and the other one talk talk TV and Mm. 
as a result of which the sphere of people that you are mixing with becomes narrower and narrower and you end up surrounded by yes people <coughs> there's not going to be anybody to tell john cleese that this isn't a good idea and the dynamic of a husband and wife writing something is going to be very different to a dynamic of a husband and daughter of, of a father and daughter writing something together is camilla cleese going to be able to say no dad that's not very good no, no, frankly, she isn't. No. So, so I think this is a bad idea on every level. I find it quite sad, in a way, that John Cleese doesn't have these people around him to say, "Look, why are you doing this? It's a really bad idea." And I just, I just think, given what is going on with Prunella Scales, I just, I hate the fact that it's being made. Yeah, I, I just that that I find that really upsetting. I don't want him to do it, but if, no, he, I don't. if he must, then I, I want it to be good, despite my worst fears. Yes, exactly. if, it's, if it's tightly produced, it might have the vaguest mm. chance. But I, if it's just going to be, which I think it, it yes. is doomed to do, if it's going to be a platform for Cleese Stroke yes. Battle to rave on about wokeness and cancel culture, then really it's, it's a non-starter. And, also it's, and it's also going to be, like his views, five to ten years out of date isn't it? Yes. so you know yes. that there's going to be yes. an altercation at breakfast about avocado on toast yes. you just know yes, that's going do. to come up yes. don't you you know that there's going to be a row about gender free toilets the yes. thing is that i can write this already yes. and it's going to be rubbish it's going to be really poor what's john cleese's real name is it archie something or other i don't know i don't john know. marwood cheese Oh, interesting. His real surname is Cheese. That's really good. That's almost <laughs> as bad. That's almost as, as random as as, uh, as Norman <laughs> Cook not actually being called Norman Cook. He's actually Quentin. Quentin, yes, indeed. Um, coming next, updates on some of our recent stories. Uh, dynamic pricing, the Gallagher brothers, chances of a Pink Floyd reunion. And we look back at the life of Burt Bacharach. That's right after one of my favourite bands, the DMAs.
dynamic band performance this is from their upcoming album how many dreams due to be released at the end of march and there's a uk tour to go with it this is their new single taken from the album the dmas and fading like a picture that's brilliant thank you for keeping me relevant (laughs) with all these new bands it's uh (laughs) you're keeping me in the game it's interesting to see how a few stories we've talked about, some recently, some we've been looking at for years, yeah. um, how the issues develop. And a couple of months ago, we talked about dynamic ticket pricing, mm. which is a sort of Wall Street, Gordon Gecko uh, business where constant tickets prices go up according to demand, sometimes yes stratospherically yeah one enthusiast unlikely enthusiast for dynamic pricing mm. um is the boss bruce springsteen man of the people bruce man springsteen. of the people bruce who said and um, direct quote i know it was unpopular with fans but if there's any complaints on the way out you can have your money back which seems a bit <laughs> tart and acidic from blue yes, collar it, hero bruce yes it does rather doesn't but, it um, Jules, the, the fanzine Backstreets, followers of Bruce for 43 years, is closing down due to disillusionment with Bruce. And doesn't that tell its own story? That is that is ultimately, it's like, do you know what? I hope, you know, who knows? It's disappointing that Bruce Springsteen might be in the same place as John Cleese that we've just spoken about, <laughs> and that he's not surrounded with people that can say no anymore. But... I wonder if this, I hope that he or someone around him will take this as a sign. If one of your longest running fan bases does not want to know anymore, perhaps this experiment has failed, hasn't it? Perhaps this has not been a success. The dyna- Well, it depends how you're defining success, isn't it? Has it been a success and it is made of ton of money? Probably, yes. But do you want to make money or do you want to keep the fans that have been with you forever? Because if you don't keep the fans that have been with you forever, you then become subject to the buffeting winds of fashion, which Bruce Springsteen has always managed to resist without, you know, I know, I, you know, I'm not a huge, huge fan, but I do like his music, but, 
is very interesting that he's he's not he's not an artist who you would say like the Beatles say or, or, or Radiohead or other things oh his sounds really evolved over time you know he really does different <laughs> things from what I can gather I mean he just does rock music doesn't he which is good it's good rock music but he doesn't he's not someone who you could suddenly imagine would would make some sort of you know hugely experimental thing uh, well his songs that... are still all about you know going to the factory down by the river exactly. with Mary sitting at home waiting yeah, for him to come exactly. back and the poor baby in the corner yeah, yeah. exactly and and you know and and that's fine but you know if you're giving up a fan base that was still lapping that up is there going to be people to take its place or are people going to suddenly start noticing that you do the same thing all the time and are going to get a bit bored and move on to somebody else? And and so so part of me thinks there isn't only sort of a certainly immoral dimension to this, like all things in life, in politics and all sorts of things, you go, OK, well, what you're doing is not moral, but also it's not tactically smart, in my view. It's it, it's it's short term gains. But what you lose over the long term, I think, and this is this this fan scene saying we're not having this anymore is a perfect illustration of that, I think. So it seems so terribly ill judged by Springsteen, who, as you rightly say, portrays himself as the friend, the associate of the Every working man, man and yes, woman. Exactly. Um, Mid range seats on his upcoming 2023 arena tour mm. under this dynamic pricing are going for this is mid range seats for five thousand dollars. And I don't think even ticket touts would could ask for that no, much. Uh, you know, this is the man so. himself. Absolutely poor judgment, Bruce. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Reunions, they seem to be the theme of the week because exactly. as, well, as well as Faulty Towers and indeed Spinal Tap, Rob Reiner, who's involved in Faulty Towers uh, in the reboot, has also announced that he's um, filming a new version of Spinal Tap with all the original members. Oh, really? Uh, this has passed yeah. me by. I didn't know this. I'd be <laughs> interested to see. See, now, I think that might have potential to work because it was, uh, you know, it's part, so much of Spinal Tap has passed into everyday kind of life, I think. But the idea, if you're a music fan of a certain you know who of a certain bent that's watched that you will know what it means when you think about someone being billed below a puppet show <laughs> so actually i think there is potential in this i think I, I i feel there is a and again speaking of reunions i feel there's a girls five ever style potential <laughs> in this i think so actually i think and also i trust rob reiner as a writer i think so mm. so i would be interested to see where that goes well, newspapers this week have also been full of stories once again about the potential return of Oasis. And here mm. we go again, Pink Floyd. Um, which is the more likely to happen, Jules? I mean, I personally don't think either will happen. Oh, um, really? And okay. yes, I don't think. Well, the, the prosaic yeah. answer is who will unite first? Who runs out of money first is usually what, <laughs> yes. what, the, what the answer to that is. I think the point at which... I would have said Oasis were most likely to reform and perhaps they should have reformed was the Manchester, the, the Manchester oh, bombings, the, bombing. the, the, yeah. the, the concert. And everyone thought that they might reform for that. And they really ought to have reformed yes. for that. I think Liam Gallagher, bless him, did it on his own. And you, and, and isn't it funny? And I think I've said this on the podcast before previously that back in the day when Oasis were characterised the Warring Brothers, Liam, the younger brother, was seen as a bit of a tear away mm. and a bit of a, like, you know, sort of, he was the wild one and the unsensible one. And Noel Gallagher, the old one, was seen as the sensible one that wrote all the songs and could, I hate to say it, speak in sentences and all that sort of thing. And yet, as time's gone on, 
Noel Gallagher is is now rather reactionary. I sense he's probably he he's not quite as outspoken as John Cleese, but he's got that kind of persona now. And Liam Gallagher, I thought it spoke volumes that that he was he was quite um he was quite up for for going back to the Manchester thing, and I think he understood the importance of it. Liam Gallagher is the unlikely uh, the unlikely voice of reason. Re immigration. Um, he is quoted as saying, what are your thoughts on Brexit? And he said, no thoughts in it, man. I love Europe. I guess the borders have got to be tightened. But all that stuff about going, this is my country. I don't get that. I, we all live under one sky. I don't sit, certainly don't sit there and go, this is my effing England, stay out. But I think we should definitely keep an eye on who's coming in and out of the country. That that just makes loads of common sense because you don't want a load of loony, can't say that word on air, coming in. Mm. But good people should be allowed to move and groove wherever they want. That is a very reasoned and, and even-handed assessment on you know on this whereas Noel Gallagher is just like oh you know this should happen etc etc and um, he spoke out about Brexit and said I'm just trying to find his quote on it and say you know uh, he said, there's only one effing thing first and a fall that only perfected. That's the rise of the, can't say that word, trying to get the vote over overturned. It's very interesting. Again, though, an interesting view. But I I just think it's fascinating that Liam Gallagher is always the one that's characterised as being, you know, sort of unsensible mm. and difficult. Yet he was the one that realised that actually that was an emotional moment, the Manchester bombings. Mm. And that should have been the moment that Oasis came together. If they do come together now... Again, I would be very surprised if they did, because you just get the impression that if they do reunite, it's all going to go wrong pretty instantly, because I'm not convinced those two blokes can be in a room together. And and that is that is, you know, that that would be pretty bad. But if they do reunite now, it's genuinely for the money, isn't it? If they'd reunited for the Manchester bombings so. concert. Yeah, it, it would have been a different story. The, 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 there's just two elements that just make me think it might be just a little bit more likely than ever. I mean, I, I know Liam has probably mm. been far more positive towards an oasis reunion but there's two things i read um that last week noel gallagher was on bbc manchester and that he he was he said i would never say never to an oasis mm, reunion, which, which is a move so, i so, think so, so door yes. opening a little um but, but perhaps a bit like the eagles hell freezes over business yes. uh, as well but also he's um recently his private life has changed and he's uh, let's put it this way he's single again after oh, a I didn't know that. marriage ah, and again okay. i wonder whether you know that might uh, alter alter things but the intriguing one though continues to be the 38 mm. year battle with pink floyd i suppose they they all have so much money that they don't need to do a please. Um, mm. uh, it, it seems every few months a new incendiary issue pushes them even further yes. apart. This week's situation with Polly Sampson and David Gilmore's tweets, it's more unlikely than ever. And it was always very unlikely. Um I, this was an astonishing sort of appendix to this. I'm yeah. always talking about how Roger Waters is always re-recording the wall and retouring yes. the wall. I've read this week he's re-recorded Dark Side of the Moon because he must have exhausted the wall after Quite. touring and recording that 50 times. That's, I mean, that's just astonishing, isn't it? And again, also, the, yeah, you said the theme of this week is reunions mm. and unnecessary remakes. <laughs> You know, yeah. it's 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 yeah. Like we we spoke about Roger Waters before on this mm. this podcast, and like you, I am just bewildered by the idea that he's frozen to this moment in time. Well, very sad this week, of course, to hear the news of the death of Bert Bacharach. Um, the Bill Brill, Bill, uh, Brill Building has been responsible for 
well, some fantastic partnerships, yes. as we know. But surely, Jules, none, none better than the day Hal David met Burt yeah. Bacharach. Uh, there in 1957. I can't believe that. If ever there was a match that was made in musical heaven, it was that, wasn't it, really? Everything they do, I just adore. Like you say, if you talk about the best songwriting partnerships of all time, obviously, you know, we're big fans of Lennon and McCartney, Goffin and King, the the trio of Holland, Dozier, Holland, um, got, got, uh, uh, got Wild, um, loads of, loads of, of, you know, of, of great partnerships. But yeah, this is certainly in your top five, isn't it? I would say I just everything they make everything they made together just had magic about it I think there was just something that you hear the song for the first time and you feel like you've known it forever I think that's how I would sum their music it, it'd sum up the music it's, it's timeless it will endure forever what do you get when you fall in love is a song that literally nobody can ruin and I've heard some people sing that badly and yet the song remains because it is because it's wonderful because it's a because you know it 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 just there there's always there's always sadness yet yet kind of it never it never becomes too overwhelming in their songs as well I think they're so good at summing up the fragility of life raindrops keep falling on my head I really love because it is you know it's it's acknowledging the fact that sometimes life is sad and difficult yet there are always ways to continue through it. And I adore that. I, I am so sad to hear of Burt Bacharach's death. Although having said that, 94, we had him for nearly a century. He was in the world for all that time making those beautiful things. I mean, go well, Bert. I thought I dreamed this, but uh, it, actually it's still there on the iPlayer, BBC iPlayer. Seems incredible. Burt Bacharach actually appeared at Glastonbury in 2015 yes, at the age of 86. And only three years ago, he recorded an EP with our uh, Daniel Tashian. Mm. Um, but w- what, a, what a songwriter, as you say, what a legacy. I, I mean, I don't think I could pick a favourite from you, no. you know, Arthur's theme, Heartlight. I wrote a few down um, earlier and I just off the top of my head, you know, say a little prayer. Do you know the way to oh, say absolutely. It's Make so it easy on yourself. The look of love, so, uh, look of love. So along with the Beatles, he provided the so- soundtrack to my childhood, I think, and then, and then, then mm. beyond. So it's a great artist, Burt Bacharach. Yeah, wonderful. R.I.P. Thanks very much for listening this week. Good to have you along. I very much agree. Thank you for being with us. Now, I've got some good news. There's no dynamic pricing for Juliet's <laughs> radio shows. No, it's a one size, one price fits all. Pay what you want, which is nothing because you don't have to. You don't have to pay to listen. I'm doing smooth sailing Sunday evening, 7 to 9 p.m. And that's on noiseboxradio.com. And that's just, you know, easy listening, easy stuff. I suspect there'll be a few a few Burt Bacharach numbers in the coming weeks. I also do Lost for Words on Thursday evenings, 8 to 9 p.m., which is repeated during the week, which is instrumental music of all kinds. And if you want to catch up with previous shows go to mixcloud.com search for noisebox radio and they're all there i mean I, I said how hard it would be to pick a favorite burt Bacharach track but if if pressed this track that you've chosen to play us out would be the one absolutely and of course the story that i suspect no most people know about this now um and again this is gonna have to involve me mentioning that i once went to abbey road so i'm sorry about that but um we, but we went to studio two we went to all of everyone we were in studio one or two i think it might have been i can't remember which one it was now i think it was one and um and they had like video screens up that you could see things and we stood in the room in nearest to the spot where Sida black recorded the vocal for this and watched watched a complete video of her singing it in the room that it was sung and that was such a wonderful moment on a, a day moment. of wonderful moments and burt Bacharach notoriously um 
made her sing it 20 times. They did 20 takes of this um, and everybody was becoming increasingly exasperated, I think, about, you know, what was going to happen, you know, what what was going on. And and George Martin, you know, a, a man that was not really prone to exasperation, said to him, what is it that you're looking for? And he was going, oh, you know, I want a bit of magic to happen. And I believe that George Martin said at this point, take four, that's where it was. And take <laughs> four, I think, was it was either four or five was the one that was used. Um, this is a magical song. Sidda Black, very underrated as a singer, I think. And she absolutely absolutely nails this kind of um again typical backrack and david this kind of it's not too sentimental because there's always there's also a sort of deep philosophical bent to this it's weirdly existentialist what's it all about yeah it's it's warm and it's and it's humane and i love it this is Cilla black and alfie what's it all about alfie is it just for the moment we live What's it all about When you sort it out, Alfie Are we meant to take more than we give Or are we meant to be kind And if only fools are kind Then I guess it is wise to be cruel And if life belongs only to the strong I'll be What will you then on an old golden rule As sure as I believe been listening to a Parish Council production. <laughs>